0: Are the new england patriots really in the running for chris godwin every offseason brings speculation across all fan bases and the patriots fan base has never been immune to it however after a seven and nine season pats nation has lost all patience right or wrong A, a good majority of patriot fans want bill belichick to make a big move. In fact, I've heard some people say Belichick better make a big move or his ass will be firmly on the hot seat. Whether you believe that or not is up to you, but I think what's obvious is the Patriots are going, if the Patriots are going to make a run in 2021, Bill Belichick has a lot to do. The Patriots need a quarterback, tight end, defensive tackle, edge rusher, linebacker, and secondary depth. Even though that's already a long list, outside of quarterback, the Patriots' biggest need is wide receiver. Under no circumstance can New England go into the 2021 season with Jacoby Myers as their number one wide receiver. And with a plethora of talent set to hit the open market, ESPN's Bill Barnwell believes that the Patriots are the team in line to snag Tom Brady's current pass catcher in Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin. Now, of course, having a player like Chris Godwin doesn't mean anything if the Patriots don't have a quarterback. And whether it's through agent through free agency or the NFL draft, the Patriots are going to have to find somebody to throw the football. Because we sure as hell know that it's not Jared Stidham. That leaves us with a lot of questions. And one that pops to my mind is do the Patriots have to draft a quarterback in the first round? Because according to fan sided Sam Minto, they do. Football, football, football. And even though the Super Bowl is going to be played this Sunday, there's still going to be a lot of talk surrounding the New England Patriots. But I have good news for everybody. Spring training starts in four weeks. And that means that spring is just around the corner. And that means that the Red Sox will officially be turning their page from their dreadful 2020 season and focusing on the 2021 season. Pitching, of course, is still a question mark, but Some Red Sox fans are wondering what's going on with Jackie Bradley Jr. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a reunion and it doesn't sound like it's going to happen at all. What's going on peeps? It's your boy Ray. I'm with my boy Connor and welcome to the dear Pat's nation podcast.
1: And we are back.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a really great show lined up for you, but time is always an issue for us here over on the Dear Pats Nation Patreon page. I put out a video today reacting to Teddy Brewski saying that Matthew Stafford wasn't tough enough to play in New England. And guys, I know it sounds like a lot, but for five bucks a month, you'll get just as much content on Patreon that we put here on the podcast in the YouTube page. All original content and subjects, extra live streams. It's all exclusive to our Patreon members. There's no tiers of supports. It's five bucks for everybody. Guys, I'm not crying, but YouTube takes half our revenue. So this is just another avenue for us. We're not asking you to sign up for nothing. We promise we're going to work our asses off to pump out the content and entertain you. You can find us over at patreon.com slash DPN sports. We've also left a link in the description. We want to thank our first two Patreons, Ross and Terrence for signing up and supporting dear Pat's nation. Connor. How's it going, buddy?
1: Yeah, buddy. What's going on guys. How we doing,
0: uh, living the friggin' dream. It appears.
1: Absolutely.
0: Weather is a little warmer here
1: today. That's a good thing, right? It's it? actually it's actually warmer here too. Like substantially warmer. It was like forty degrees, which is like summer basically right now.
0: Yeah, basically a lot of the snow was all melting today, but we got a big storm. That storm you guys just dealt with is coming in tonight, apparently.
1: Yeah, it was like eighteen inches here, so that'll be fun for you guys.
0: Fantastic. So when I start complaining, you're just gonna say I'm crying to deaf eyes?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: deaf eyes, deaf ears. Deaf
1: eyes, yes. Same thing. Oh, Same difference. one of those
0: days one of those days i'm pissed i bought new pants today that i bought online and they came in two sizes too big
1: that's not a good start
0: no i'm wearing them right now but they're super ass baggy and i'm not happy not happy Do- whatsoever
1: touche baggy jeans used to be cool back in the day
0: they did they're not jeans though they're like white joggers
1: oh all right all right you might have to return them right
0: oh but it's the amazon it's such a pain in the ass to return to amazon
1: now they have no CEO. It's going to be even more difficult.
0: No, I know. Well, I heard you're in line for the job, aren't you?
1: Um, we're getting a couple interviews.
0: That's what I thought.
1: I'm dabbling.
0: Car salesman to to CEO of Amazon.
1: It's a common jump.
0: Excellent. um, Dude, so I read some interesting articles today that the Patriots are maybe the lead team projected to sign wide receiver Chris Godwin. Really? saw it on e s p n saw it on heavy dot com bunch of people talking about it kind of took me from surprise, yeah, hence the name of the podcast today is Patriots projected to sign chris Godwin um do you think that there's actually a chance that Chris Godwin hits the open market or do you believe that he's going to be back in Tampa Bay next year?
1: um that's interesting um i wasn't on twitter much today man that's crazy i honestly in my mind didn't really think he would hit the open market i thought he was gonna kind of be a shoe to end up back in tampa bay i haven't thought too much about him he's kind of like uh in my mind like dak prescott almost where i just think he's really not gonna move but may- maybe he is um do you think they'd consider franchise tagging him well that's it, been
0: that's been my know. thing if they don't want to pay him Will they just go and franchise franchise tag him? I'm just um, I want to look at what Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay uh, salary 2021 because I want to know right what their salary cap situation is. Now they're gonna have Gronk off the books. They're gonna have AB off the books. Yeah, OJ Howard off the books, but he's not costing them that much. Uh, money. I
1: think Nad- I think Nadamika Sue's off the books. Shaq Barrett. I think these these guys are off too.
0: So the Bucks are going to have about, before the reduction of salary cap, they're going to have $38 million in salary.
1: Okay. That's not um, a ton of money, but it's not terrible.
0: No, it's not. I, I think what I want to do, though, is see exactly who their free agents are, because as much as Tom Brady was probably the biggest reason that they they went to the Super Bowl this year, they've also had a much improved defense over last year as yeah. well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So depending on who's who's up, so here's their free uh, free uh agents. Uh Shaquille Barrett, yep, Levante David, oh boy, yep. Uh and Sue Gronkowski. Yep. Steven McClendon, uh Joe Hag Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. Ryan Smith, Antonio Brown, uh Rakim uh Nunez. Roaches? Is that it? Roaches?
1: Uh, I'm not sure on that one.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of of defensive guys are going to be, you know, and then I'm looking here, Chris Godwin's going to be a free agent. Uh, TJ uh, Logan's going to be a free agent. Pat O'Connor's going to be a free agent. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, All of them that are all the people who matter, are all unrestricted free agents. So yeah, I mean, there's going to have to be some, and I'm looking more at Barrett and David, like that's probably going to be the, the big names for them. Those are two outside linebackers, one worth 15 this year, one worth 10 this year that they're going to have to. Right. They're both going to
1: want to get paid. I assume too. Both of them had really good seasons and are continuing to have good seasons in the playoffs. So I can't imagine they're going to take pay cuts.
0: So, are we just going to assume one goes back? Like, if we were, if this was the mm. Patriots right now, would we assume
1: one? I or mean, two? I yeah, I would think that they're going to sign at least one of those two guys back. It's going to be tough for them to let both of them walk because they're two big parts of the defense. I guess they they might not have the money. They might have the part ways with Godwin.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about Godwin, since there's a lot of people linking him to the Patriots now. What do you like about Chris Godwin? What do you not like about Chris
1: Godwin? I liked Chris Godwin all year, man. He He's kind of like, I know people were saying he's going to come in and play like the Edelman role, which I guess he he could, but he can also stretch the field. The only thing I haven't liked about him is, and all of a sudden in the playoffs, man, he has the drops lately. I don't really remember that in the regular season, but there were a couple balls this, this playoffs where I was just like, how did he not catch that? But he also made some spectacular catches that he shouldn't have caught either.
0: Drops were a problem early in his career. Yeah. In 2017, 61.8%. In 2018, 62.1%. Now, some of that could be on Jameis Winston. Right. 2019, which was his career year, he had 86 catches for uh, 1,300 yards. 71.1% of his balls caught. This year, he had 65 catches for 840 yards. 77.4%. I mean okay. that's that's a good number for a wide receiver when you are in the high. 70s. Yeah, that's
1: really good. That's because I really think good.
0: I think Edelman is is in like the high sixties for most of his career, and we've always right. seen him as one of the more reliable catchers. Like when you are catching almost you know just under eight out of every ten passes, that's pretty good for a wide receiver. But yeah, no, the, but the playoffs has been a, a different story altogether. Uh, the other concern is over the last two years he he hasn't played sixteen games, fourteen right. last that's year, true. twelve this year. So there is a little bit of that injury kind of stuff with him. So I don't know. It's That's just laying it out there, and, and I get what you're saying. Would Chris Godwin become the true number one uh, receiver at like the Patriots you're so. looking for? Like if you compare him to like an Allen Robinson?
1: Yeah, I th- I put him in the similar class to Allen Robinson. I think it's basically him and Allen Robinson are kind of like the clear-cut like people who would be the two best wide receivers and the two biggest stars that everyone's going to kind of be gunning for. Um, I put him, depending on the season, right up there kind of with OBJ as well. Um, I I don't know. I think Chris Godwin's a good player.
0: Well, let's look at a hypothetical for a second, and this isn't going to happen, but it's just where you're at, right? If the Patriots signed both Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin, who would be the number one?
1: Uh, Oh, man, probably Allen Robinson.
0: Okay, if they signed Chris Godwin and traded for OBJ, who would be the number one?
1: oof that's a tough one probably obj man if obj is his vintage self
0: but he hasn't been his vintage self in a while in a little
1: while i know and i I know andy's coming off that injury
0: that i believe is one of the problems right like it's right he's so i'm just pulling up uh i'm just pulling up the the pff grades right now just to take a look Allen Robinson was the fifth best receiver in the NFL this year. He had a grade of 88.3, a receiving grade of 88.5. Basically, his pass blocking and run blocking is probably what took down his total offensive grade uh, so low. Right. I'm going to tell you right now that that grade is nowhere close to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or Scotty Miller. They're so much lower than him. Like it, It's more than 10. Really? And look, so, and i want actually, let me see. I, uh, you know what? Odell may not have enough. That's
1: stats. true. Be, yeah. Cause he got injured pretty early in the season. I feel like
0: no, he's there 38th overall with a grade of 75.3, a run grade of 90.2 or receiving grade of 73.7 and a passing uh, run block grade of uh, 54.5. So his receiving grade is below Chris Godwin's. Chris yep. Godwin's uh, ranked 28th overall, 76.5. Antonio Brown is the 15th ranked receiver on, on PFF.
1: Really? Can he is he good at run blocking? Is that a part of it?
0: No, 55.1. No? He's oh, lower so he's than nobody. He's not Odell even good at that. He's got a receiving grade of 82.7. Really? Chris Godwin has a receiving grade of 76.
1: I guess maybe just because AB never drops a pass or I don't I don't know why he's that high. I wouldn't expect him to be.
0: So, the way PFF grades work is a whole bunch of different things. It's the defense they're up against, goes into effect, the passes thrown to them, that kind of thing. Uh player profiler can actually give us a better breakdown of this. So, let me pull that up. And let's compare the two because we'll get an actual sense of Player profiler has some really cool statistics, which are like true receiving percentage. So, which means they take out bad passes and only right. count like your drops and that kind of thing. So I'm going to pull them both up and I want to see this year. And I, and again, AB had much more limited snaps, you know, what yep. I mean? opportunities A were, were different. So you have to take that into account as well, but I believe that PFF does player profiler just gives you the pure statistics, right? So the snap share for this season for Chris Godwin was 86.5% of the snaps. It was 27th amongst all receivers in the NFL. Not bad. Top 30. He took 357 snaps out of the slot. That was 17th, uh, team passes per game, basically 2.31. That was 10th. Uh, so I'm looking here. He was targeted 84 times. Target share was 18.9%, so not bad. There's his target rate, his hog rate. Okay. So his yards after the catch was 41th overall in the NFL. His true catch rate was 86.7%. So that takes into account every overthrow, underthrow, you know, contested catch. Okay. Forty eighth in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so So, not great.
0: Top fifty. Yeah. Antonio Brown's catch rate is just his catch rate is actually lower than Chris Godwin's. Godwin's being seventy-seven point four percent, Antonio yeah. Brown's being seventy-three point eight. Because from a catch percentage at seventy seven point four percent, Chris Godwin was fourth in the NFL. Antonio Brown, seventeenth at seventy three point eight percent. Just to remind you true catch rate is for Chris Godwin eighty six point seven percent. Antonio Brown 95.7%
1: damn. So that's why he's so high.
0: Yeah. So that puts him, so that's it. When you, when you look at the PFF grades and go over to player profiler, that kind of gives you the story of where they're at. So his true catch rate so if Brady would have thrown a good ball to him or he wouldn't have been in like blanket coverage, that kind of thing, yeah. you know, um, that was it, he was 90th in snap share though compared to Chris Godwin, who was, I believe I said 27th, right? yeah. that, that will take into effect as well. And I want to ask you a little bit about, about Godwin now, because, okay. So none of the outside of Antonio Brown, none of the receivers in Tampa Bay are ranked in the top 25, which I'm going to lay out there kind of, it breaks up that Brady has a team of, you know, all-stars argument. Right. But Mike Evans was ranked or sorry, Chris Godwin was ranked 28th. Mike Evans was 39th. Antonio Brown was 15th. Scotty Miller was 68th.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah.
0: And then Tyler Johnson was 107th. Okay. When it comes to Chris Godwin, who I want to point out had one, 1000 yard receiving season, which was last year. Yeah. with Jameis Winston, not this year with Tom Brady. 525 his first season, 842 his second season, played full 16-game seasons. Last year he had 1,300 yards, only played 14 games. So he could have Jeez. been close to... to but Jameis Winston also had like over 5,000 yards passing, so that's going to lead up.
1: Right, right. They were always losing, and he just threw like crazy.
0: Could this be a Muhammad Sanu situation where Chris Godwin and Mike Evans need each other? Like, Would Chris Godwin suddenly... Not look as dominant. Yeah. Not being on that roster.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it probably does. I haven't thought about that until now. I'm kind of thinking about it. I mean, you got to really concentrate on either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. And when you have two really good people, it makes it so much difficult for the defense to pay attention to both of them. And that's kind of what we saw before when Gronkowski was in his prime. You know what I mean? People had to put so much attention onto Gronk, it helped the other receivers. I think, yeah, playing in that offense, he's playing and it's definitely helping him.
0: Guys, we're going to get into your comments here about Chris Godwin in a second, but I need to take a quick time out and tell you about our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company and how you can save yourself 5% on every order by using the promo code RayRoute. Male hygiene is important and the Rocky Mountain Barber Company has you covered. Now, male hygiene is at number one on the list and male grooming is a very close second and our partners over at manscaped.com has you covered with all of their grooming tools and products. Listen, if you're shaving an area as delicate and as important as your balls, you have to make sure that you're using the right products. So take a listen and hear how you can save yourself 20% off every order by using the promo code Ray when you visit manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. All right, Connor, let's get to some of those comments.
1: All right, we got three literally right in a row here all on Chris Godwin that I think is kind of ironic. I'll start with the first one. It's from, uh, from Dominic. He said, Godwin is a number two, right? Um, which we were kind Wait, of talking about, is he a number one? Is he a number two?
0: Well, yeah. And that's, that was the thing, right? We know that Allen Robinson would have been the clear number one. We would yep. have put Odell as the clear number one. And that's why I brought up the whole fact of does Chris Godwin need Mike Evans, like, does he need a number one? You know, cause I like, I, if we look at the Patriots, I always say Julian Edelman didn't look like Julian Edelman after Gronkowski wasn't there anymore.
1: Right. right?
0: And would Godwin look like Godwin without
1: Mike Evans on the other side? Right. And that's what McChicken said here. These, th- these three comments came in right, right, one right after the other. Godwin's only a number two because Mike Evans is in Tampa. Which so kind of what we talked about, yeah.
0: So then Godwin. So I think what he's saying then is Godwin would be a number one.
1: Oh, right? if Mike Evans like, wasn't yeah. there, he would be a number one. Yeah, if and that's Mike what Faciles said. He said Godwin is easily a number one. So it's a it's a, a mixed bag here between whether he's a number one or a number two with a lot of people.
0: No, no. And, and I get, and I'm not trying to dismiss what Mike, uh, what, what Chris Godwin is. What I'm trying to figure out is, is the impact that like, I'm looking at Mike Evans right now. Yeah. Mike Evans was brought in the league in 2014. He's hit a thousand yards since 2014.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 1,
0: 1051, 1206, 1321, 1001, 1524,
1: 1157,
0: 1006 this season.
1: Again, wow, yeah, that's just absurd stats right there.
0: So that's what I'm saying, how much does Chris Godwin right benefit from Mike Evans? And I'm not saying that he that Chris Godwin can't go be a true number 1, but I do worry about that. Like yep. I look at the Muhammad Sanu effect because of Julio Jones and, and AJ green, when he was in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, you know what I mean? So that's only where my concern is. Cause I'm just pulling up Muhammad Sanu stats right now Yep. because I want to see them in Atlanta comparable to not in Atlanta. So like when he was in Cincinnati, first of all, Muhammad Sanu has never hit a thousand yards.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Muhammad Sanu's best year was in 2014, of course, A.J. Green, where he had 790. When he went to Atlanta, sorry, no, his best year was in 2018 when he had 838, 2016, he had 653. He had 703 in 2017, 838 in 2018, 2019. He played for Atlanta and the Patriots. He had 313 in seven games when he left Atlanta with Julio Jones. 207 in six games with the new England Patriots, uh, last year in 20, uh, with 2020, he had 178 yards in four games with Detroit where they actually had some pretty capable wide receivers and one game nine yards with the, uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Now I'm, I'm looking at his reception percentage. High sixties and seventies outside of 2014. We're only caught like, okay. So 2012, 13, 14 his first three years in the league, 64%, 61, 65 or 57.1. Okay. Then he goes 67.3, 72.8, 69.8, 70.2, 66.3, 70.8% in 2020. Very Julian Edelman like receptions. Yeah. Chris Godwin's numbers are a lot better. But right. he's played with Mike Evans his whole career, but comparable Muhammad Sanu played with A.J. Green and played with um, uh, Julio Jones his whole career.
1: Yeah, yep. I I think Chris Godwin's definitely better than Sanu. Um, I just don't know like like we're saying. I kind of over underestimated, I guess, how good Mike Evans is as well because I kind of thought they were neck and neck for the, like both being number ones there. But it seems like Mike Evans is a clear cut number one, and Chris Godwin's kind of the number two.
0: And I don't think I was trying to make a straight comparison between the two because Chris Godwin's a 1,000 times better (laughs) than than Mohamed Sanu. I was just wondering how much better he is with Mike Evans.
1: Right, right.
0: All right, let's do a couple more.
1: All right, we got a uh, donation from our boy Ross. Bring Ross up here. Thank you very much, sir. He says, thoughts on Brewski saying that Stafford is soft. I'm going to let Connor take that because I already – cut of like a five-minute
0: video on that on patreon and i don't want to rip off our patreon so connor i'll leave that one for you
1: yeah i i just saw that briefly so what it was saying i think if i'm not mistaken that bill belichick is um you know very hard on the quarterback and that he's not mentally tough enough to handle that type of criticism is that correct
0: if i I was going to sum up what he said basically yeah he's not tough enough to to be in new england and you know basically matthew stafford ran away from from the work, you know, very similar to like when Brandon Cook said, like, it's only hard if you're afraid to work.
1: Right. That's, that's kind of crazy, man. But coming from Brewski, I think we were saying this the other night, like Brewski, Rodney Harrison, um, these type of guys that played for Belichick for a while back in the day, they, they don't really come out and talk a lot of smack. So for Brewski to say something like this, I think maybe that's the reason Stafford didn't want to come here. Maybe it doesn't have to do with Matt Patricia or, you know, whatever the Patriots, have going on at the wide receiver position maybe it's he didn't want to come because he knows belichick's going to be difficult and demand a lot out of him and maybe he does he doesn't want to deal with that so he went to go play with sean mcveigh instead but if Bruschi says it there's probably something there
0: yeah uh but Bruschi doesn't talk a lot of smack but he protects the patriots way in the mm-hmm. patriots he a does. lot i can't go much further i got things i want to say but i'm going to start just wasting what people are paying for on patreon so i'm going to keep
1: my mouth shut let's do one more Alrighty, I have one here. It says from Matthew. Matthew, nice name, I like it. He says Godwin ain't worth it. Need Allen Robinson. Um, I'll I'll leave that one up to Bill Belichick and, you know, what what he wants to do there. I I don't I don't know who will fit into the system better. To be honest with you, I know Allen Robinson caught a ton of passes this season. Chris Godwin. I I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. They're they're both good options.
0: I think too that we need to point out what Allen Robinson did in just turmoil at the quarterback position.
1: Right, I know he he was playing with Trubisky, Foles, Trubisky, Foles,
0: and he had twelve hundred passing yards this year. Catch it, receiving yards this year. of his catches made 71.7 last year. Here's the whole thing, right? He's been in the league since 2014. I don't think people realize how long Allen Robinson has been in the league. Hit 1400 yards in 2015. Hasn't had a 1400 yard season or hasn't had a thousand yard season until 2019, but now he's back to back 1000 yard seasons. 1147 last year, 1250. Allen Robinson is definitely the best receiver on the free agent market. He's also going to be the most expensive. Right. Um, and as I said in the intro of this uh, of the podcast today, is the Patriots have a lot of holes to fill, and you can get Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and trade for Odell Beckham Jr. If it, it, it's not going to work with Jared Stidham throwing in the football, they still need to address the quarterback situation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, they still need to address a lot of situations.
0: So let's move on to the, to the quarterback situation, okay? Yep. Because. Sam Mitten, a fan sided, put out a thing, uh, the other day when we kind of talked about it, when he said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was a waste of money and can we clear the comment, no, uh, yes. when he was a waste of money. And he said that the Patriots have to have to draft a quarterback in the first round. And that's a little bit contradictory to what Mike Reese said over on the weekend. When he's like, Hey, if your guy's not there, don't pick a quarterback, just because it's a positional need pick the best Mm -hmm. player available, you have a whole lot of other positions you got to fill. So what if the quarterback they want is already gone? What if it is Mac Jones and Mac Jones goes with the number eight overall pick? Do you take, you know, a, a shot on, on a Kyle Trask in the first round? You hope he drops to the second. Do you take a guy just for the sake of taking a quarterback in the first round? Do they have to take a quarterback in the first round?
1: No, I'd honestly prefer that they didn't do something like that because this is such an important position. Obviously, I don't want to see them just potentially waste the first-round pick when they really need one. You know, obviously, if Bill comes into the draft very specific on a quarterback and he gets drafted before number 15, I don't want him to just go and reach for the next person and hope that it works out. I'd rather see him go after somebody else at a different position, at a different need, and hopefully go all in on somebody that he's very high on. So I don't, I don't want him to just say, hey, we need a quarterback no matter what. We're drafting a quarterback at number 15. I want to wait and see if the person that he actually wants is there. And if they're not, then I, I would not take a quarterback.
0: Have you noticed that I made things much easier on you tonight? I'm just feeding you the questions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Um, listen, the Patriots are in a precarious position because you're trying to, you know, we've heard that they're going to be uber aggressive in 2021. Uh, I think Tommy Curran referred to it as uncharacteristically aggressive. Yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, I've already seen the jokes. It's probably not even jokes. People probably being serious. You know, I saw Billy Bob's comment in our, in our video the other day, like, you know, that Bill's going to be trash and he's just going to sign some nobody. And, you know, and, and there's a bunch of Patriot fans who, Who, who have that, that similar feeling over and over again. Um, so it's tough to try to do both right now. So I'm going to put this on you for a second. If you could only pick one, okay. You could only pick one and it's either build for the future or build for this season Mm -hmm. and there's pros and cons for both.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What would you prefer to build for the future or build for this season coming up?
1: Build for this season. I want them to win now while they still have Belichick. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be around that long. Um, if, as important as the future is, I think the time is kind of now as well because Bill's going to be what, 69? I don't see him coaching five years. I see him coaching three more years, four more years, something like that. So I want to see them try and win another Super Bowl with Bill Belichick or at least go and make a serious playoff run. I I think he's earned it. I want to see him make that happen after Brady's left, not even out of like a competition thing of like who's better. I just want to see him succeed after all of this.
0: So, okay. So well that actually – I was going to say something else, but actually that leads perfectly right into my next question. Let's pretend for a second – that Mac Jones and Kyle Pitt are both available at number 15 okay Oof. Mac Jones won't be a starter in 2021 Kyle Pitts right. will Kyle Pitts could be a player to instantly turn around the Patriots offense or combine it with the other players Mac Jones is a guy who in maybe ne- in 2022 could be the starting quarterback and be the you know have that sustainability at the quarterback position for the next 10 to 15 years Right. If it works out, I'm not yep. saying Mac Jones is going to work out, but if it works out, cause we don't even know if Kyle Pitts is going to work out. Everything's a crap shoot. You think it's going to happen, Yeah, yep. but let's pretend if we go by projections, Mac Jones is going to work and Kyle Pitts is going to work. They're both available at 15 in your logic of build for now you take Kyle Pitts, but if yep. they're both available, who do you want the Patriots to take? Because if the Patriots say are successful this year and make the playoffs, they're now picking 25, there may be no Mac Jones available next year.
1: Right, and right. That's, that's very true. I mean, I, I, we'd have to see what they decide to do at quarterback in free agency. Um, I don't, I don't know if the plan is to try and get somebody like Jimmy G because then you would have somebody for the next four or five years when you can try and win. But I mean, if if they're gonna go with somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick, then maybe you do want to take Mac Jones instead because then the the odds of you actually winning the Super Bowl this year might be low, but. Also, at the same time, Kyle Pitts could be, you know, an absolute stud because if you go out and get somebody who could be, you know, the next Travis Kelsey, that's, you know, going to gonna be absurd for the next 10 to 15 years. It's going to almost be as good as having a, a pretty good quarterback.
0: I do want to remind you, though, that the Kansas City Chiefs had Tyreek Hill, had Travis Kelsey. It wasn't until they had Patrick Mahomes that it became – I mean, they were no threat in the playoffs – they yeah. were a good team, and I know they they pounded the Patriots on Monday Night Football. I know they pounded them on the home opener in 2017, but at the end of the day, Alex Smith could never take them to the promised land. Patrick Mahomes came in like a fiend. Look, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, but don't for a second pretend. And Chiefs fans, if you're watching, don't for a second pretend that he doesn't benefit from having that offense in front of him. Right. And, and, and that's not taken away from Patrick Mahomes the same way Brady's offense doesn't take away from him. They both have stacked offenses and a really good, a great quarterback on both sides should be able to even elevate those guys to a higher level. Yep. So there's my concern that is listen, Jimmy G is not the future. He's a bridge, right? He really is a bridge Fitzpat. And then if they don't get Jimmy G it's in Fitzpatrick. It's Cam Newton, it's Trubisky, it's Jameis Winston. Those are the, the, the lineups coming up for quarterbacks after this. Right. So that's my concern and say it is Jimmy G I and mean, then he gets hurt week two. Now it's Jared Stidham throwing a Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Whatever season's receiver over. they bring in. Right. So yeah, it's a tough one for me. I think if you have the quarterback who you think like, again, going under the assumption they're both going to work. Right. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be a more impactful player than Mac Jones. I right. think that Kyle Pitts will be the top one of the top of his profession. I doubt Mac Jones will ever get to the level of Mahomes and what Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be and possibly what Joe Burrow could be like, I don't think he'll be in that disguise. He may be a Matthew Stafford type of quarterback. That's sitting around 10, 11 on the list. Yeah. Dak Prescott, for instance, Dak Prescott to me is not a top 10 quarterback right now, but he sits around that top 10 in that, in that list. And it should be good enough to bring your team to to a championship. Assuming they both work, I'd rather know we have a quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years than just a bridge guy trying to build off of a Kyle Pitts or whatever. Because I think it's easier to find a receiver and a tight end than it is to find a quarterback.
1: That's true, too, because quarterbacks very rarely hit the open market free agency wise. You can always get a tight end or a wide receiver um through free agency every off season that almost never happens with quarterbacks i mean if they're that good they're gonna stay with the team that they have even if they're solid usually don't see them hit the open market so it'll be like you said fitzpatrick trubisky these type of guys
0: if the patriots are competing in 2021 and they do what you want and that's built for this season and not built for the future this is actually if this is what happens in the draft this is exactly the way you'd want it but let's pretend like Mac Jones goes early and and, you know, those top four or five go early before the Patriots get to 15 and don't trade up. Could this be a draft? I know it sounds crazy, but could this be a draft where the Patriots don't take a quarterback? And would you be upset by that?
1: Yeah, I think at some point they have to take a quarterback, even if it's in one of the later rounds, to at least see what somebody's got. I think it's worth taking a flyer at the end. In the beginning, as much as I don't want to see them draft for position and just take a quarterback, I mean, once you get to the later rounds, like fifth, sixth, seventh round, I think you might as well take somebody at that point, because you never know if you're going to find somebody who's a diamond in the rough and is able to come in and compete. You know, We've seen people, obviously, in the fourth and fifth round end up being really good quarterbacks. I think Russell Wilson was one of them tom brady obviously i mean he'll, he'll never be found again but at, at that point i feel like it might be worth it to try and find somebody
0: okay but can i throw the counter argument yeah russell wilson and dak prescott are good examples of people not taking in the top 10 you know what i mean or not taking the first round of your dak prescott yeah tony romo i think was undrafted right
1: uh yeah i believe so
0: well let's talk about the top quarterbacks in the league Yep. Aaron Rodgers, first rounder.
1: First rounder Tom Brady, yep.
0: Tom Brady excluded from this conversation. Okay. Yep. Josh Allen, first rounder. Patrick Mahomes, first rounder. Right. Let's let's look at the let's look at the NFC and AFC championships. Two first rounders. Yeah. In the AFC, one first rounder in the NFC, and a freaking nature in Tom Brady. Okay? Right. We have to remember that Tom Brady has done throughout his whole career, what nobody will ever do again. Nobody's going to get drafted in the sixth round and be the goats. Nobody's going to play till they're 58 years old and still playing like they're 25. Right. right. So you can't, if they're taking a fifth or six and and you get lucky and you catch lightning in a bottle, you're talking about Dak Prescott. You're not talking Tom Brady. Right.
1: Right. right. If
0: you start going through the whole playoffs whether they're jared goff first rounder right yep. mitch trubisky first rounder yeah yeah um as much as he's you know they've had their issues first rounder it's you start going through that list i uh breeze was a first rounder was he not
1: i it was so long ago i don't remember
0: yeah i think he was so do you get what i'm saying so it, it's it's to me it's like i get what you're saying
1: yeah but like I, nah, I i it it has predominantly been first rounders who have succeeded in the NFL as uh he was a second round Quarterbacks. Pick. okay 30, 30 yeah
0: pick okay so he was picked 32 in 2001 oh. in the second round so he was yeah
1: so he's a first round pick now
0: yeah he'd be a first round pick today right with the expansion but yeah so that's my thing is why take another jared stidham when you could draft another mike onwenu in the 5th round
1: right right
0: because we're not getting Joe Tooney back. Yeah. Let, let's face it. I've seen projected numbers of 20 million a year.
1: you right. Which is Joe just, Tooney. it's just not going to happen.
0: And they got to sign David Andrews back. Right. Who's, who's going to be expensive as well. Don't give me, he's going to take a hometown discount. I'm calling it right now. David Andrews is going to take a hometown discount, but I guarantee you it's not going to be cheap, even though it's a discount
1: right now i agree i i think he might not go to the open market and try and like jack up his price but he's still going to want to get paid you know relatively what he's worth guys we appreciate everybody who
0: watches us here on dear pats nation listens to us on the podcast hangs out with us on youtube and facebook appreciate you all and All we're asking for this free content is you take one and a half minutes and just listen a little bit more detail about our Patreon page. As you're listening to that ad, Connor's going to start looking through the comments and picking out five comments for us. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube and Facebook page and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. and We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month. For five bucks, that's right, five bucks a month, you'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the Celtics, and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind the scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not gonna make you pay a monthly fee If we're not committed to adding And making it the best possible Experience for you We're not in this to get rich We're not in this to rip you off We just want enough to pay our bills And being able to create on Patreon Is just one way we're trying to do it So please come check out our check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. We've also left the description in, or we've also left the link of the, in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 PM Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. I regret adding adding that music (laughs) (laughs) guys. Final break of the night. When we tell you where you can find some of the best custom jerseys in the world, it's going to cost you like 60 bucks and you're going to save some money too, by using our promo code over at our friends at fcustom.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RAYROUTE and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at fcustom.com. All right, Connor, you got some comments
1: for us? I certainly do. I have one here from Gerald Gerald. Uh, Kyle Pitts is probably not a difference maker in the NFL like he was in college. Ah, what do you think about that? I mean, obviously that's going to, we're going to have to wait a year or two to, to find that out, but. I don't think that Kyle Pitts will be an impact at tight end, like he was in
0: college. And I've said that from the beginning. I don't see Kyle Pitts as a traditional tight end. What I believe though is, is you can draft Kyle Pitts and convert him to receiver. That's my thing. And I think he could be very DK Metcalf like, uh, he's got a black, a blocking issue. He's got other problems. You know what I mean? I, uh, I believe that he needs to be converted to receiver. He's got a age or I can't speak. Tonight. He's got a blocking issues. He's got, um, size issues. You know what I mean? For tight end, he's tall. He's big, he's strong, but he's not your traditional inline tight end. And he's really not really an H back either. He needs, I think you, you draft him and you convert him
1: to wide receiver. Right. Yeah. You've been saying that all along
0: absolutely yeah he's very smart like a very if you watch me he's a very smart football player and i think that he would that would okay you got to be smart to play tight end too i don't know there's gronk but you got to be <laughs> smart to play tight end but his route running is phenomenal and with his brain his size and his strength and you make him a receiver i think
1: he'd be unbelievable all right all right we we got our friend skip bayless back again Yes, his his skip uh Cam had the same garbage team Brady played with, minus the opt-outs. So the question I propose, how does Cam receive tons of criticism when Brady received none? Brady's the golden boy, that's why.
0: I also think that um, Tom Brady performed a little bit better than Cam Newton, right? I mean, he had 4,000 yeah. passing yards. Yep. And and I argue that he didn't have the same uh, team, and, and that's an argument I do make. I think that... Brady had an advantage in one sense and had a disadvantage in another. And Cam had an advantage in one sense and not the other. The offensive line was horrible last season. Like absolutely horrible. Like, do we have to go back and show highlights of Marshall Newhouse? Does anybody want to relive? Oh
1: my goodness. I know he is the worst offensive lineman who's ever played for the Patriots. As far as I'm concerned, because I'm going to tell you
0: this. David Andrews out in yeah. 2019 with his blood clots. And then Isaiah Wynn gets injured again, Yeah, right? No Mike on, to step in and take over. Okay. Yeah. You lost. So like, that was the thing that, and you know, Ted Karras did a good job where, where, you know, where Andrews wasn't he had his moments, but I think that from that perspective, Cam Newton had the huge advantage when it came to the offensive line and because the offensive line was so good. The running game was better for Cam Newton. The running game was, was horrible. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know that no
1: Damian Harris either. No,
0: and look, Sony Michelle got like Sony Michelle got, um, almost 900 yards or something. Like people think he was, he was terrible, but he didn't really bust off the big runs that Damian Harris busted off for him this year. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just trying to pull up player profiler here just to look at the difference in protections, which doesn't translate as well either because Cam Newton set himself up a lot for being sacked. But yeah, it's when you look at throwaways and efficiencies. So when we look at efficiencies of supporting cast, Tom Brady's uh, efficiency for his supporting cast, so that's all his receivers and everything around him compared to Cam Newton's. Uh, much higher in favor of, 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 of cam or of, of, of cam Newton or of Tom Brady, I mean, sorry, you know what I mean? But the run game was better for cam. I just think when you look at all that kind of stuff and and you look at, you know, true ratings and all that kind of thing, I just want to, I want to pull up the, unfortunately they, they put out new statistics in 2020, which are really, really encouraging. Okay. So Cam Newton had a clean pocket percentage of 75.6% this season. Yeah, Tom Brady had a 68.4 last year. Yeah. That makes sense. But I don't think that Tom Brady had much of a clean pocket. (laughs) You know what I mean? From time. So probably less, but let's put it this way. Cam Newton wasn't even rated. That's how often he didn't, you know what I mean? Like he didn't throw the football. Right. Um, deep ball completions. Cam Newton beat him. Red zone completions, Tom Brady destroyed him. Cam Newton completed 16.7% of his red zone targets this year. Yeah. Tom Brady completed more play action and had a better true completion percentage than Cam Newton last year. Had a true passer rating of 88.6. Cam Newton had a true passer rating of 55.9 this season. Yeah. So I like true passer ratings because that takes all of the little – Things into consideration. That being said, I believe that Cam Newton was unfairly criticized this year in a way that if the defense let up a touchdown, it was Cam Newton's fault. Like I think that he became the ultimate scapegoat.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. How many times I two so far? Yes, sir. Okay. Going going to a donation next. Shout out to Love Vibration Nation. He says, "Get Pitts a good bridge QB." Allen Robinson, draft defensive tackle and edge in the middle rounds and keep our offensive line, run play action with strong D-identity. Um, yeah, yep, I could see that working out very well, depending if they can get a good bridge QB, sign Allen Robinson and draft Pitts and then get some defenses later on and you know run the football, I, I could see that working.
0: If you're in the same boat as Connor... And wanting to compete for 2021 and not care about the future. This is the absolute perfect plan. Yeah. And I'm not knocking you guys wanting it. I, I just happen to feel a different way, it, but it, it's, I don't think you can go wrong either, which way, uh, I think that you guys had a perfect, if you can get a good, it, you're not just getting a bridge quarterback though. You're getting a, they call it a bridge, but there's really nobody underneath them. You bring in yeah. bridge quarterbacks. When you have somebody you're developing, you're bringing in a, a veteran fill in. Uh, as you look for your young quarterback. Absolutely. You get Kyle Pitts, you convert him to receiver. As I said, you hope that here's the whole thing though. Everything you said is hundred percent true, but all of this is predicated on somebody from the rookie class the last two years, getting better. Like Jacoby Myers needs to get better in the red zone. And one of those tight ends, whether it be Dalton Keene or Devin Asiasi have to get better in the passing game. Asiasi has got the blocking game down. Like yeah. I'm not worried about him there. One of those two guys though need to become the other threat at tight end. Uh, absolutely, if you're going for it, I, I 100% agree. I just happen to be on the. I'd rather have a rough 2021 and have a bright future in 2022. But uh, if if this is the where you're going, I've got zero issue with this plane And listen. If Belichick decides he's going all in, I'm going to get the future out of my head. I'm going to be all in for a 2021 season. I'm not going to sit here and complain that there's no future. I'm going to say, okay, we're going for it, but I'm going to put out there, Connor, to you and Love Vibration Nation, whoever else feels the same way as you, if the Patriots go to the playoffs this year and get knocked out and maybe 2022, and then we have a five year stretch of six and, you know, six and 10 seasons, or it has to be six and 11 seasons and all that kind of thing. I don't want to hear you guys complaining. Cause I'm going to say he's, he sold out for two years to try to get back to a Super Bowl, and this is, you know, I'm the one when, when Mac Jones is ripping up the league, I don't want to hear. We could have had Mac Jones. Cause I'm going to say, yep, we could yep. <laughs> we'll have.
1: Yep. And I'm not knocking see. you
0: guys. I'm not knocking you guys. I'm just saying there's, there's pros and cons to both. Yep. Right. I totally understand. They could get Mac Jones. Mac Jones doesn't work. And now we got 10 years of misery. Right. right? I totally understand that. Um, Or he could be good in two years and he could become Justin Herbert. And we're instantly competing again, uh, with you guys, I don't have to sit through any misery for the next two years. That seven and nine is a blip. We win Belichick retires. They say, Hey, maybe Brady and Belichick were both responsible for the the dynasty. Everybody's happy, but now we've got five years of, of misery. Right? So absolutely there's pros and cons both ways. I have, I'd rather go to the future. You guys would rather compete for next year. I'll be good no matter which direction we go. It's like, and, I, Connor, I assume you would be too.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very telling to see how long Belichick's going to stay in the league depending on what he decides to do this year.
0: All right, let's do a couple more. And thank you very much for the donation, Love Vibration Nation. Really appreciate yes. it.
1: Speaking of donations, we got another one here from Ross. We need a new Will Fork to terrorize that line. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I say I'm going to give this to you, yeah.
0: Connor, because that's been your line for the last – Six months.
1: Yeah, it really has, man. That's exactly what the defense has been missing is somebody like Vince Wilfork who can just absolutely clog up the middle. And we saw that a lot the entire season. They got the ball, ran down their throat over and over and over again. And even in years past when the defense weren't that good as far as the secondary went, they always stuffed the run as long as they had Vince Wilfork. They need to find somebody who can fill in almost as well as he played because, They have, they've just never replaced him.
0: All right. One more, Connor.
1: All righty. We got another donation here. This one is from our boy, King Cato21. Thank you you very much. Do the Patriots need a bridge quarterback? If they draft one, why not let the rookie start? I would like to see them if they get a rookie. I'm not opposed to saying that the rookie shouldn't start because I think he could potentially win the job in training camp or maybe a similar situation with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert where you know they either get injured or they decide to pull the plug on whoever the bridge quarterback would be, but I at least want somebody to be there. I'd like to see them go in there, not just saying, hey, it's the rookie's job no matter what.
0: Everybody outside of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson is a bit of a project. Yeah. Okay. They really are. Um, I'm a huge, huge. Guy who says all rookie quarterbacks should be redshirted their first year in the NFL huge. I, I said that Miami should have done it with Tua. I think at the end of the day, I was proven right that he should have sat this year and let Fitzpatrick go. When you think of all the best quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they all sat behind somebody, learned to be a professional, took a bit of the expectations off. If the Patriots got their hands on Trey Lance, let's say, which I don't think they will, but let's say they do, or they got their hands on Mac Jones. The expectation on those two is going to be through the roof as they're trying to learn to be professionals. If Belichick goes and sells out to build this team, you bring in a bridge quarterback and let the rookies learn to be professionals. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion on it. It's I've always said, even Trevor Lawrence, let I wanted Joe Burrow to sit for a year. I wanted Trevor, I want Trevor Lawrence to sit for a year. I wanted Tua to sit for a year. I was the guy who came out too and said Tua was going to be better than Burrow. And I'm looking kind of stupid on that right now. There's still time, but make him sit. Lamar sat even for half a season behind Flacco until Flacco really wet the bed. And when they brought Lamar in, that was with zero expectation. And it just happened he got them to the playoffs. Uh, I'm a big, big, big proponent of letting a guy learn to be a professional first. Especially a Mac Jones, if that's who they go with. He's a pocket guy. And if the Patriots offensive line, if they lose Tooney and they're starting to trying to figure things out. I mean, what did we talk, remember the, 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 Brady six, if you start your career bad, it can, it can go horrible in in
1: an instant. Yeah. Yep. There was that guy out in, uh, San Francisco.
0: Yeah. The Italian guy.
1: Yeah. He took a beating and then he was never good after that.
0: All right, guys, that's about wrapping up our football conversation. Now we are very behind schedule. We still got to talk about Jackie Bradley jr. But first it is time for. Player profile
1: with Connor
0: Carney. You know, when you do this, nobody can see that, but you, eh? Oh, I did not know. Yeah. So when that music comes on, I just want you guys to know he does this every night. When that music comes on and you guys, all you see is the overlay. Connor starts doing this and I'm the only one who can see it.
1: Getting prepared.
0: Even the other night he did the whole knuckle crack thing. And I'm like, nobody can see that, man. (laughs) All right, Connor, we're going to look at a very high uh, prospect in the quarterback ranks right now at a North Dakota state. And that's Mr. Trey Lance. He's yep. a guy that a lot of people wish the Patriots get on, get their hands on. He probably won't be. He's the 12th ranked uh, prospect in the NFL, but he'll probably go a lot higher. He's a sophomore. He's six foot four, 226 pounds, fourth best receiver in this draft, just behind Zach Wilson, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Tell us everything
1: you know about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a quarterback. He's expected to go pretty high in the draft. Hopefully somebody's, um, franchise quarterback to come. He's very good at throwing the football. He can also run the football. Um, his accuracy is excellent at times, and uh, I, I think he's going to be pretty good in the, in the NFL as long as he can be accurate passing.
0: Now, that was some of his strengths. What are some of his weaknesses? What have you seen that could be a hindrance to him?
1: Uh, some of some of his hindrances is if he makes poor decisions, you know, he tries to fit the ball into tight windows, um, overthrowing the wide receivers, you know, not being on the same page as people and just generally making poor decisions.
0: You have taken a joke and turned it into
1: <laughs> expert analysis. Uh, how much
0: North Dakota state football did you watch this year? Um, none. How much do you really know about Trey Lance? I know that he's a quarterback that's expected to go pretty high. Ladies and gentlemen, that was player profile. As you know, I am somebody who loves people who are committed to the bit, you know, yeah, buddy. and nobody commits to a bit more than you. That is very
1: true. So
0: <laughs> I was reading something today that says it's looking unlikely that there will be a reunion with Jackie Bradley Jr. and the Red Sox. Yeah. Would the Red Sox be missing anything without JBJ or do they
1: have the pieces that they don't need him? Hmm, I I really don't think he's somebody that they're gonna need He's probably the best center fielder in all of baseball But he's just not that good at hitting and I don't think his fielding is so good that they're really gonna miss him that much I think he's gonna be relatively easy to replace and they already have quite a bit of people out there in the outfield They got verdugo. They got jd martinez when he's not playing dh They have uh ben Attendee, They signed hunter renfro um, I, I don't think that they really need a lot a lot of money to JBJ. So if he doesn't want to come back and play for a relatively small contract, I just don't see it being worth it to go get him.
0: So he's 30 years old looking for a four-year contract. Is that too old for the Red Sox?
1: Uh, that Baseball, that's when you kind of start to get old. I feel like he can still be pretty good for the next four years. Once he's 34, it's going to be a little bit too old. But uh that that might be one of the things too though they're just they they don't want to extend him and tie him up for four years i think four years is a long time because he hasn't hit very well so two years from now he could be hitting 200 again and they're stuck with him.
0: so boston red Sox fans were furious with johnny damon when he left boston and went to new york and yep. then i kind of laid out to you what actually happened and why he left the red Sox, right in the last year they've traded Mookie Betts, they've given up on Jackie Bradley Jr. cetera. Yep. Let's say that JBJ were to sign with the Yankees. Yep. Who should the fans be mad at?
1: Ah, uh, I honestly wouldn't be too mad at anyone. I think people will be mad at the Red Sox front office and probably blame like Heim Bloom and John Henry and stuff and be more mad at the Red Sox than they would be at JBJ. But, I mean, if, he, if that's who he wants to go to, I don't know how many people he's, he's going to have, how many teams are really going to be looking to sign him. So if the Yankees are interested, man, if I was him, I'd probably go to them. They're going to be really good, and I don't know how much interest he has in the open market.
0: I know that lots of people in Toronto have been saying to get rid of Gretjek. If that's the case, would, would Jackie Bradley Jr. be a good bench player for, for the Blue Jays to come out defensively
1: sort of late in games? That's exactly what he would be good for. He's an exceptional fielder. He's also pretty fast and a really good base runner. So he's somebody that could, you know, pinch run and then go out and play in the field. Um, I don't see him really being an every, every uh, day starter in the outfield anymore. I see him being more of probably the number four outfielder unless he goes out somewhere and plays for some, some random, like, decent team that's just not that good. So
0: I guess then... With the universal designated hitter rule not being applied this season as as the union wanted, I wonder if perhaps he'd be better off signing with a
1: National League team. He probably would, yeah. Because they're going to be looking for somebody, obviously, who can come in, either pinch hit or pinch run when they're going to pinch hit for the, the pitcher, and then he can go out and play in the field.
0: And you could use him in some double switches and that kind of thing as well.
1: Yeah, they that would probably be more beneficial to somebody in the National League.
0: What is the Red Sox plan? Okay, they're signing some players. They're not signing others. You've called them the kings of being interest. Is this a rebuild? Are they trying to compete on the Chiefs? Like what are the what I don't understand? What I know they're trying to build <laughs> the farm. Like they're trying to build the farm system. I get it, and then they right. make a couple of signings that I'm like. It seems like you're trying to put a team together. Like
1: what is the Red Sox plan for this year? It's like they're almost trying to dabble in both, and then I know one of like the owners or it was Larry Lucchino or somebody came out and said that they're planning to try and compete for a championship this year. So I, I don't I don't really know because. A couple of weeks ago, I came on here and said it looks like, you know, this isn't going to be their year and they're they're probably not really going to do much and they're playing for the future. And then since then, they went out and signed Kiki Hernandez. They signed one of the one of the pitchers. I think it was Richards. Now they're saying they're potentially interested in uh, Ozuna They're So who knows? They've also been interested in literally everybody who's come on the market,
0: according to the media.
1: Yeah, according to the media, yeah, exactly. The media throws the Red Sox name in every single free agent.
0: No different than New England either. I mean, we talked yeah, about Scottwin tonight. I'm sure it'll be Allen Robinson next week. It'll be the same. Um, one last point I want to make before we we get into our final, take five more comments and call it a night. Because, um, yeah, it's, that's, so I heard Kiki talking the other day and he was saying that he believes the, the Red Sox are being really underestimated. And I know that McChicken's been on that sort of bandwagon as well, that they're, they're being an underestimated team. And I've said that in a little bit too. I think the Red Sox are going to be a lot better than people think. Yeah. I don't see them competing in the East. I'm sorry. I don't see them competing against the Blue Jays and the Yankees this season. But I said for those Yankees and Blue Jays teams and the Rays um, and anybody else they have to play, I think they're going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. What, what do you, do you agree with Kiki that they're being underestimated or do you really see them competing for a World Series this year?
1: Yeah, I I think it's going to be both because I think they're going to be a kind of a scrappy team and they're not going to be like a lay down like they were last season because last season they were literally just the laughing stock of the league. Every team just walked over them. The Yankees would come into Fenway Park and easily win two, usually three games, just sweep them. It was just nothing. I think it's going to be much more of a fight. I don't think they're going to go down as as easy. But I, I think their ceiling or their floor, whatever you want to look at, is going to be about 80 games. I think they're, they'll hover right around 500. They'll have some stretches where they look really good and we'll think they might have a chance to make the playoffs, and then they'll have droughts where they look terrible. But I'm expecting them to be about 500.
0: With the AL looking so strong this year across the board, are you thinking it's going to take 100 wins?
1: To win the, the East?
0: No, just in general. Just to, to make the card. I'm looking at the AL in every close. division, and I'm wondering if 100 wins will get you a wild card.
1: Yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be like uh, like the AFC this year where you needed 11 wins to get in. I think it's going to be like that. You're going to need to be high 90s, if not 100. I think 100 will, will put you there, but that's probably going to be the threshold.
0: Because, I mean, I'm looking at... Um, I'm just going to pull up the divisions for a second here. I really didn't plan on this going that long. This was supposed to be our quick in and out, but... I'm curious because I'm I was looking at the American League the other day. And I'm just going on standings here. Of course they're showing me World Series. Jesus. No. Okay. So in the central you've got the twins. There may be a ninety win team. Right. Then I look at the East. You got the Rays, who are going to be no pushover. They just re signed Archer. They're going to be good.
1: Yeah, they're going to they, be pretty good.
0: That trade is the best trade in the history of baseball. You trade Archer away, you get a bunch back for him, and then you sign him back. And they could sign him <laughs> for, like, what, like $10 million or something for the year? Like, yeah,
1: something, something reasonable.
0: So you got the Rays, you got the Yankees, and you got the Blue Jays, who came 1 2 3 last year in that order. The Yankees look like they should be number one, but I think that. I don't think people are underestimating the Blue Jays, but I think they're underestimating how good, like that they're at Yankee level right now with their pitching and, and, you know, bringing in Springer, they didn't buy their team like the Yankees did, but they developed it with those three young guys not in Springer. Now you have that one, two, three, four, that is just terrifying. And then a lot of the good role players, Baltimore, Baltimore to me is, is probably gonna be the bottom of the division this year.
1: They, uh. That poor team, man, is just kind of the bottom of the division every year for predominantly the past two decades, for the most part. And then I'm looking at Oakland.
0: I'm uh, Houston's been decimated
1: a little bit, but
0: they've got players back. I think Oakland's see,
1: always I, good.
0: The Angels is a team that has all the talent in the world. It's just whether or not they're going to put it all together, right? Right. I think yeah, the wild card's going to be tight. I mean, I think you're 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 possibly looking at one of the like. I mean. I think that it's a very possible situation. You could have two 100-win teams in the AL East and like a 95-win team in the AL East.
1: Right, yeah. And that's the two
0: wild cards right there.
1: Yep. Yeah, the Red Sox could win you know, 90 games and not really even be in the running.
0: No, because would you put it past the Rays to win 100 games this year?
1: They could. The Yankees? The Yankees probably will. The Blue Jays? Blue Jays are going to be right there too.
0: They might be in the high 90s, maybe 100. You know what yep. I mean? The rays are going to be high 90s, maybe 100. So I mean, you're talking that again, just like last year. Three, the the two wild card teams coming out. Oh, well, the last year is different because you had eight teams. That the only reason the Blue Jays made it is because you had eight teams. But yeah, you could see three playoff teams coming out of the East. And I think they're going back to regular playoffs this year, right? Two wild cards plus division winners, correct?
1: Yeah, it's back to the back to the normal. I'm pretty sure. So it's going to be crazy.
0: All right, let's pull out some comments, Connor, and wrap this
1: thing up for the week. All righty. Shout out to Ross. He's got a donation here. Thank you, sir. It says, Fiance, can Kiki Hernandez replace Pedroia, Connor? No, Dustin Pedroia, man, I've really looked back on his career and I've kind of forgot how good he really was. Dustin Pedroia was a stud. Um, I think Kiki Hernandez will be solid. I'm not expecting him to be a superstar. I don't think he's going to be on Dustin Pedroia's level, but I do think Kiki Hernandez will be a good replacement.
0: I'm going to let you answer Red Sox. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> We we have one right Listen, up here. Listen, Dustin Pedroia is... is- as a non- Red Sox fan, Dustin Pedroya is a legend. you can't yeah. replace his leadership, let alone what he can actually do. He was such a special player who played with even more special players like when he played with ortiz and and uh laser was uh Ellsbury, right and and just he played with such special players. I think his specialness kind of got shadowed a
1: little bit, right. yeah, I think that's what it was too, just because he played with such stars. We got one here from Andy, Andy fan. Mac Jones can replace Brady in new England. Nobody will ever replace Tom Brady ever well, under any no. circumstances ever.
0: I think he means he can replace him as the next quarterback. Cause Cam Newton didn't.
1: Right. You know I mean? Right. Okay. Yeah. If you're saying that, like as far I, as.
0: I really believe with the Patriots system with Josh McDaniels and what they want to run. Mac Jones is the answer for the Patriots. Right. I'm really like, I'm insistent on that. It's why, as much as I love Kyle Pitts, and you guys know me, I changed my mind every three days. So, you know, that's why I was really high on Pitts before. Now I'm screaming Mac Jones. But the more and more I'm looking at Mac Jones and, and I've been watching him, and of course, when I start talking about college prospects, I get really excited because I don't know a lot about them. But as I, we're now at the point now where I'm starting to become more and more familiar with prospects, uh, I believe Mac Jones is the answer. I really do. Yeah. Of the future, not of 2021.
1: Right, right, for the long-term future. Going here from Facile, McDaniels clearly prefers pocket QBs. Mond isn't even ready for another three years, not waiting that long. Um, we've talked about this a lot, kind of, I feel like. Do you think McDaniels just didn't really put together a good game plan this year for Cam Newton, or do you just think he doesn't prefer mobile QBs?
0: I think, first of all, he's talking about Kellen Mond, right? Yeah. Um, and I, and I agree. Kellen Mond is not the answer for the Patriots. I'm going to steal something from Connor commentary.
1: Yeah. You, and,
0: but I'm not stealing it from you. <laughs> here I'm comes,
1: here comes Ben.
0: I'm stealing it from Ben because I thought Ben made a really great point last year that you brought up like how excited we were at the beginning of the season Yeah, and then Ben brought up a really good point. Well, game one was all RPOs and Cam Newton running the football. Game two was throwing the football just down the throat of, of Seattle. And as they went along the season, that play and opened up the playbook a little bit, it got more and more and more complicated. Cam Newton couldn't execute it. Right. And when, when Ben said that last night and and because I'm falling more and more out of love with Cam Newton, now that I've had time to digest this whole season and and rewatch the games and stuff, I kind of agree with Ben.
1: Yeah. Um, So do you think it's less on Josh McDaniels or?
0: I think it's a split. I mean, yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. Did Josh McDaniels call four straight run plays in the red zone because he's an idiot? Because one thing we've known about Josh McDaniels is he's not stupid. Or did he look at the team, look at his quarterback and say, this is all I got, our best chance of scoring. See, the Patriots, if you go back to the last do your job after the 2018 Super Bowl when it was just McDaniels and Belichick breaking down film. And they talked about the the AFC Championship play with with um, Rex Burkhead, right? He says, when you get down in those situations, you call the play the team is the most comfortable with, that they yep. feel the best about, and you call your best play that you think to score. I think he called those because he looked at his team and said, this is our best chance of scoring because I don't trust Cam Newton throwing the football. Yep. And the only time they threw for like passes down there in the red zone it was Jacoby Myers or Edelman throwing the football.
1: That's you know, it was very true. Cool.
0: It, was, it was trick plays. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, I, in my head, I can remember cam throwing one to Nikhil Harry where Nikhil Harry just turned around in time because cam threw it right away and threw it a million miles an hour. I don't even know how Harry turned around and caught the football. Yeah, that's the in my head. I'm sure maybe it happened another time. I mean, I think he only threw eight touchdowns or something like that. But in my head, that's the only one I can really remember. Deep in the end, in the red zone. So I'm wondering if McDaniel's in his mind, he's like, man, I can't open up the red zone playbook.
1: That's with, true too with Cam.
0: And I look at the same as last year. I know in the AFC or in the uh, AFC Championship, the wild card game against Tennessee, and they tried running the football three times with Sony Michelle. I think he looked and said, nobody's getting open. It's not Tom that can't throw the football. Nobody's getting open. We don't have Gronk down here anymore. Harry hasn't been a a red zone threat. We got to try to run the football and try to pound it in. That's really what I think is happening right now. I don't think it's Josh McDaniels being incompetent. I think it's just the actual talent on the offense. And I think that we have overestimated that. Again, in the midst of the season, I'm going to defend the Patriots. They could lose 50 to nothing and I'm going to defend them. You know what I mean? And I'm going to find every good thing that happens. Cause I'm, I'm relatively a pretty positive guy when it comes to football. And even in my, in my, my negative takes, I'm pretty positive, but we're now, dude, we're like, we're over a month removed now. You right. know what I mean? I've had time to digest what I've seen. I had time to think about it. I had time to read about it. I had time to rewatch games. Uh, I've watched the, like, I've watched the whole season over again. Uh, you know, and. Yeah, I, I don't put as much blame on
1: McDaniels now as I did maybe five, six weeks ago. Right. Yeah, he wasn't working with much. Two we got We got one here. It's kind of something I completely forgot about from uh, Mitchell Mullet saying, everyone misses Danny Vitale. He's coming back as well. I forgot all about Danny Vitale. He opted out, right?
0: Danny Vitale, yeah. Um,
1: I thought Jakob Janssen did a fine job last year. I thought
0: he did pretty good too. Um, but I, I don't know if Vital, Danny Vitali, brings more than Jakob Janssen brought. To be honest okay. with you, that's my opinion. And I think that Jakob is young, and I think Vitali's old. And you could have Jakob for a long time as your your your, your you know your fullback.
1: Right, that's true. Because I did. I Vital is, is kind of old. I just I He's feel Italian, like Italian. Had... It's Vitali. Vitaly, I feel like they haven't replaced um, James Devlin since he left two years ago, but he was also just a stud.
0: I don't know. If you watch this year, Jacob did a great job with Damian Harris. Yeah. Phenomenal. Again, again though, and I'm not knocking Devlin, but Devlin as a fullback is only as good as the offensive line in front of him, right? Like yeah. a quarterback is only as good as the offensive line. A running back is only as good as the offensive line in front of them. Um, I thought Jacob did a fine job running behind... Tooney and Mason and, and Andrews last year was just such a mess. I think that, well, a Devlin got hurt and I thought Jakob did a fine job until he got hurt. Don't forget. Jakob Johnson missed a lot, almost all of last season too. Right after he, Landon Roberts became our fullback. Yeah, Yeah, he did. I thought I, to me, I thought Jakob
1: Johnson did a fine job. I would doubt I would take him back in a heartbeat. All right. We got a, uh. A donation here from Kinkato. Thank you, sir. He says, uh, "Taga Tulima." If I'm saying that right, worth a late round draft pick. <laughs> Who I I feel like I've read something on him. Um, is he a quarterback? I just
0: <laughs> you know you you said his like you butchered his name like I butchered name.
1: Probably right? yeah. I don't know how to say this name. T a a g a t u u l i m a.
0: Yeah. Uh Taiga I'm just gonna say Taga <laughs> Uh six foot two, two hundred and sixty five pound offensive tackle.
1: Okay. That was way off.
0: Oh no, hold on. Sixteen recruit oh no. Oh no, yeah, next college student athlete. That's this is back in sixteen. Yeah, he's a, he's an offensive lineman. Uh don't know or I don't know uh Joe. I'm gonna assume I'm gonna go on a hint here. And assume he's from Hawaii.
1: It's quite possible, yeah.
0: He is. No, I meant University of Hawaii. Yeah. Joe's a univ is a Hawaii fan, so he'll ask me he's asked me questions about Hawaii plays before, and I gotta figure out. You know you don't bandwagon when you're a fan of the University of Hawaii.
1: That's very you know? true. <laughs> you uh, do not hear them very often.
0: Joe, I gotta do some I gotta do some research on him, man. If, if yeah. I'm only learning the top prospects right now, I, I'm not sure about uh we're gonna call him Taga.
1: But I will say yes. <laughs> late, ra- late round pick. They can get him in the seventh. I'm all for it.
0: Connor is going to give a full breakdown uh, of him one day. After yes, sir. we figure out how to say his name. I'm trying to see if he's got a profile yet on uh, the draft network. That'll give me a better idea of who he is. I've watched zero tape on him, obviously. Uh, they have him down as an undrafted free agent. Okay. So if I'm looking at the right guy here, okay, that's it guys. Um, listen, Connor and I will have a late start on Sunday. Obviously we're not going to start broadcasting during the super bowl. Uh, even though we did it during the championship game. Yeah. Uh, we are going to uh, broadcast after the Super Bowl, react to what we see in the Super Bowl. I will be live all by my lonesome on Friday and Saturday, unless Connor texts me and says, hey, I'll jump on with you. I will be all by myself, live here for you guys, taking primarily taking your questions, not bringing a lot of my own topics. Connor will be back on Sunday. Our boy Tyson from Master at Work will be on Monday to talk about the Super Bowl. Sarah should be back on Tuesday. Make sure you check out... Our film room tomorrow of Curtis Samuel, courtesy of our boy, Lawrence Owen, at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And we will have our Super Bowl predictions on Patreon this weekend. Connor and I will both be doing our own separate Super Bowl predictions on there. Uh, Besides all of that, Connor, it's the end of the week for us. Tell me about those Red Sox.
1: They're going to be legit, kid.